Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show where I welcome Tonya Lester. 
Tonya is a licensed clinical social worker, private psychotherapist, Psychology Today contributor, and author. For over 16 years, she has taught couples and individuals how to manage their minds and emotions, develop relationships that are mutually respectful and supportive, and approach decision-making and communication with clarity and courage. And today we talk about a really important and valuable subject, and that is if you are giving up too much to keep everyone else happy. I know I can certainly fall into that category. I think at one point or another, we've all maybe entered that phase. And yeah, it's really not a healthy place to be individually and in a relationship. So Tonya gives us some great tools to identify if we are, you know, exhibiting these traits and then how to set boundaries, how to talk to our partner so that we are not always putting other people's needs before our own. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Tonya. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. Today, we're going to talk about what you call a shock absorber. And I found an article you had written on this on your Psychology Today blog. And I thought it'd be great to have a whole episode dedicated to those of us who may be giving up too much to keep everyone else happy. So I thought we could start by having you Tell our listeners why you think this topic is important. Clearly, you said you love talking about it. You've written articles about it. And then we'll talk about how to navigate it better. Terrific. That sounds good. So I see couples, I see individuals as well, but I see a lot of couples in my therapy practice. And one thing that kept coming up is a couple coming in and maybe the the Often it's the male partner, but maybe one partner feeling like, yeah, maybe there's some communication things that we we ought to work out, but things are generally pretty good. And then the other partner who probably was the one agitating for couples therapy will be furious, right? Or seething. And it will come out that actually this partner, often, often female, but not always will have been, you know, holding on to resentments and really gathering evidence that she has been bending over backwards for everyone in the family, maybe particularly her partner, managing everyone's feelings, trying to kind of get out of ahead of any friction or conflict or difficulty for her partner or their children or, or maybe in-laws. So she's been operating or they've been operating as the shock absorber in the relationship. And I, I use the word shock absorber because, you know, we know what a shock absorber does in a car, right? In a vehicle, it makes sure that everyone, it, it kind of minimizes bumps and potholes and kind of the rough edges of the driving experience so that you have a smoother ride as, as the passenger. And in a relationship, the shock absorber really performs the same role. And, you know, there's a lot of other kind of language around this that, you know, people pleasing and um, codependence certainly is part of it. But I don't think that, that they those terms fully embody this idea of I'm the one who's responsible for everyone's experience. And therefore, I will suppress my needs and act in ways that 
I don't want to in order to keep everyone else from from basically dealing with the consequences, kind of the natural consequences of their behavior or their actions. Um, So just this is off the top of my head, but kind of a classic example would be, let's say, um, you know, dad has a very rough day at work and, and lashes out at the kids. If mom rushes in to say, it's your dad. He loves you. He, you know, he didn't mean it. Give him a break. Don't talk to him about it. Then you're not really giving the child and the father a chance at a true repair, right? And, and kind of a, a greater understanding of each other. Instead, you're managing both, both, uh, both people's feelings in it in a way that I really encourage people not to. There's a big downside for everyone in the system for for having a shock absorber who's behaving that way. I want to talk about ways someone could determine if they fall into this category of being a shock absorber, some of the behaviors, and then we'll lead into how to to break those patterns. Great. Sounds good. So one of the the main ways I think that we can look at being a shock absorber is if we're trying to kind of get out ahead of any potential issue in order to to manage it, which, um, you know, I think that there is a way that women still in particular are are raised really to, to perform this role. So if you find yourself very carefully thinking about how you're going to word something in order that the other person doesn't get upset or anxious or um, confrontational in any way, you're shock absorbing. If you feel like you have to, you know, keep at a, you know, a shared, let's say a family meal, right? Where if we've got Thanksgiving right around the corner, you're thinking about how to pacify everyone and and make sure everyone gets what they want really to the detriment not just being kind of a happy host but really fretting over how everyone else is going to maybe experience the conversation or react to anything that might come up you're shock absorbing if you worry about uh protecting this happens most often with kids actually but i i think it is applicable to a lot of relationships if you don't want, um, let's say you have a child who is going to send in a terrible essay and for their high school or something, if you're jumping in every minute and editing it for them and maybe calling the school if they get a bad grade and asking for the teacher maybe to give them another opportunity to improve the essay, you're, you're shock absorbing, right? Like, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of this that we do and should do when we have little children. But by the time we're dealing with teenagers, we really need them to learn to advocate for themselves and go in and ask for what they need or sit with the bad feelings that come with not doing your best. And all of that is healthy. Not to say that if someone comes to you and says, I'm really struggling with this, can you help me? You don't offer any support at all. It's the idea of getting out ahead of it so that they don't have to take any initiative and trying to manage their experience and their feelings. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And one of the things that I think about uh, when you describe this is 
having anxious attachment. Is that something that tends to correlate? I think that it does. Uh, I would I would say that it it does tend to correlate. What I would add though is, you know, and I think in that in the book attached, he talks about that sometimes people are healthily attached but become anxiously attached over time, right? If they have a partner who is maybe withdrawing or is 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 a difficult person, right? They find themselves trying to accommodate and then becoming anxious if this person feels like they're pulling away. So while I, I definitely think there's a correlation, I have to say, I think it's more widespread than that. I see this a lot. And I think that that's for a couple of reasons. One is that most of us have not learned how to face conflict well. And this idea of leaning into healthy conflict is something I talk about with couples all the time, meaning conflict that where someone is scaring the other person or calling vicious names or talking about everything they've ever fought about, stomping around, slamming doors. No, I'm not talking about that conflict. That, Of course, that's very, very unhealthy. But healthy conflict is when something comes up for you, sharing it in, in a neutral way that, that does share your feelings and giving the other person an opportunity to respond and to see how it affected you, right? So let's say, um, let's say your, your wife has been working late every, every night of the week and she says she's going to be home by seven and then pretty soon it's 8.30 She's finally rolling in the door, exhausted, um, totally unable to even have a conversation. And if you say, yeah, you're later than I thought you'd be blows up. You know how hard I'm working. You never give me a break. Why are you being so hard on me? So in that scenario, he could, you know, say nothing and, and talk himself out of his feelings. He could say she is working really hard. This is a very hard time of year for her and her company. I know she has all this stress. I'm just not going to say anything, right? So this this is the type of thing that I find really builds up over time and creates a lot of problems in the long run. He's talked himself out of his feelings, which is, is another, that's another kind of main feature of someone who's shock absorbing and tries to just make nice and thinks, well, at least we can sit together and have some tea at the end of the night. And it's nice now, and I don't want to ruin our time together. So over time, I'm not saying that, you know, if this happens once or twice, no big deal. We all have to let small things go in our relationships. But if this is happening and you find yourself getting resentful, it is fair to sit down in a calm moment and say, it's really upsetting for me when you come home so much later than you say and you don't call me. I feel totally unprioritized and that you're really not taking me into account here. And we need to have better communication around this because I find myself getting angry and I don't want to feel resentful. So what can we do? Let's lay that out. And in a healthy partnership, she would be able to hear him and say, you know, you're right. I've been so distracted and uh, I have felt so worried. And what can we do? Maybe we should just say for the next week, you know, until tax season is over or whatever, can I just get a pass because it might be 8.30 or 9 and then, you know, we'll rejigger or let's talk every evening at six, five minute call and, and I'll let you know how my night looks. Like, how can we see this as a problem, take his, you know, feeling ignored and kind of anxiety about when she'll be back and feeling like 
she's not valuing him, take that into account and also take into account that this is a legitimately busy time and that she's under a tremendous amount of stress. So I don't see as that's healthy conflict to me and a healthy couple might have that type of conflict come up pretty often. You know, I mean, small things happen in our relationships all the time. What happens is that in the shock absorbing situation, you know, I really, I'm writing a book about these, uh, these topics and what I really, what really kind of instigated this, my thinking around this is that I was seeing couples probably in their forties, kids, maybe, you know, not little kids, like about high school age or a little bit older where one partner really thought the marriage was basically okay. Like the partner, the example I was giving at the beginning of the, of the interview. And then the other partner is basically done with the relationship. And that comes as a shock to the first partner. And these are relationships that I think could have been saved and improved maybe had they come in a couple of years earlier. But it's like the the partner who's been the shock absorber has put up with so much. There's been so much resentment. They've been kind of fantasizing about what they would do if they were single or how they would make decisions in their own life that was really just about what they want if they feel like they've given up too much over the years. That when they finally get to therapy, you know, that partner is ready to leave and the other partner is shocked. And you would, I mean, you'd be surprised at how often this comes up where a partner is just done and doesn't want to work on it anymore. And, And these are relationships that I think maybe could have gone in another direction. And I, in my own relationship, that, that was starting to happen. And we really, really were able to rate the ship. And so I want other couples to have that experience. And I really think that it comes from having more of this healthy conflict along the way and really speaking up, listening and making room for both, both people in the relationship. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Feeling stuck in life is normal, and it happens to the best of us. When I felt stuck in the past, I used to wish I had a user manual that I could go open, go to the index, put my finger on a problem, and then read the instructions for how to handle it. But unfortunately, our lives aren't as simple as troubleshooting a TV or fixing a car, and our own personal user manuals don't exist. But that doesn't mean you're stranded. I've found that therapy is the next best thing to get things running smoothly again. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of our complex lives. Therapy has been really helpful in my life. I've realized that having an unbiased professional to help me think and work through life scenarios is one of the most valuable things I can invest in. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. It's all the benefits of in-person therapy, plus being more convenient and more accessible and more affordable. They offer video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and after filling out a brief survey, you can be matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 3 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. 
Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% on your first month at betterhelp.com slash I do. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash I do. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earn an app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earn it is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. I love the specific example you gave of the the wife working late in the dialogue because so much of healthy conflict is about sharing in a productive way and and using I statements, the tone of your voice. It's one thing to say, I feel like you've been gone and working a lot and using I statements, but if you're doing it, you know, in in yelling or your tone is just way off, then that healthy conflict quickly can become unhealthy. So it's so important not to to be the shock absorber, like you're saying, because then resentment builds and then you might just explode. Or as you say, you know, you just come into therapy and the person's already over it. So mm-hmm. there's there's so much in here. And we have definitely uh, actually recently done whole episodes on conflict resolution and will continue because that's Mm -hmm. a big part of navigating relationships. But I want to ask you that line between sharing and like oversharing or processing things on our own, meaning you said small things happen all the time in relationships and they do. And I feel like sometimes there's appropriate times to, to communicate and maybe sometimes to go with your terminology to shock absorb, but to process it on our own. And I know it's very unhealthy to keep things in and then let resentment build. But I think, can it also be unhealthy if we're just every time we're feeling uncomfortable or triggered that we're sharing with our partner, even if it's in a you know healthy dialogue? Yeah. Okay. So let's look at that. One, if you're triggered all the time, right? If you, particularly, usually people are triggered over one or two issues that kind of have to do with their own like core vulnerabilities. And if that's coming up a lot and your partner is feeling like, is saying, wow, you're being really hard on me. You know, I'm feeling like there's not a lot of goodwill here because I'm being called out on these kind of unintentional mistakes I'm making. Then absolutely. And, And that is a great time for that partner to go maybe in individual therapy and really dig deep and really do some healing around 
whatever is is causing those those triggers and usually of course that's historical and family of origin things that that can be healed so that in that case certainly and also i think if there's a time limited circumstance that everyone agrees on and there is acknowledgement that someone is needing to shock absorb I think that's useful. And just to use an example, because this just happened in my, you know, in my personal story, uh, my sister broke her ankle very, very badly and had to have surgery and essentially had to keep her ankle above her waist for six weeks or some absurd amount of time while she healed. She has two school-aged kids, you know, works full-time is a single mom. And my mom came over, went over every day, made the kids breakfast, made sure they had what they needed to get out of out of the house, made my sister coffee, took it to her computer, helped her get set up and then left every morning, right? For six weeks. If my mom always did that for my sister, just because my sister wants to sleep in or she can't deal with the kids in the morning or something like that, that would be shock absorbing. If my mom started to get really resentful and it seemed like it was hurting their relationship, then then she would have had to talk to my sister and say, we need to figure something else out here because this is taking too much of a toll on me. But in general, that was just a really nice, loving thing to do. And luckily they're neighbors. And so it was well within something my mom could do. If it's time limited, appreciated and discussed, it's shock absorbing. You know, certainly there are situations where maybe an in-law is particularly difficult and you're just going to get through a, you know, a hard holiday season. Or if your kid is going through a particularly hard time, you might say, okay, these are the allowances we're going to make during this time. These are the extra supports we're going to give, but it's visible, right? All of that work is visible and talked about, and it's not there's not just an expectation that one person is supposed to kind of hold up the entire family or hold up the relationship. So to, you know, for, for, to, for both of the points, yeah. If you're finding yourself really activated all the time, then you want to, you want to dig in and, and look at that. But what I would say is that usually if there's goodwill in the relationships where there should be anyways, I think people have kind of a, a good sense of when they're shock absorbing and, you know, or if this is kind of their own issue that they need to deal with. And if you think your partner is being really hard on you or that you're walking on eggshells because they're so easily triggered, then then that should be talked about. Of course, you know, absolutely. If one person is feeling like the others henpecking them all the time or you know, it's death by a thousand cuts, that's not going to be good for your marriage either. In which case I say, bring somebody in. Oftentimes an expert can really help and a third party who is is bringing more objectivity than, than you probably have with your partner, just because that's human nature. One of the things I thought about when you described what your mom was doing for your sister was someone who's just really loving, you know, who, mm-hmm. who pours love out into the world. And that that's a beautiful thing. And, and it feels good to help people. And it's something I've been thinking about in the context of like, instead of waiting to kind of get the love that that we feel like we want or to receive love, to just put it out there. And as long as we're not feeling resentful or putting other people's needs above ours, and, and we're not 
you know, neglecting our own self-love, it seems like it's an okay thing to do. Am I wrong about that? No, I, I love that. And I absolutely think that any, you know, I, I say this all the time to clients, whatever you want, whatever you're hoping for, more affection or more deep conversation or more adventure, you, know, you go first, right? You you go first and you invest that in the relationship. And very typically, you're going to see that mirrored back to you. And being very loving and very generous is an absolutely wonderful thing. And I would never try and, you know, talk anyone out of um, following generous impulses. But that's not exactly what we're talking about here. We're talking more about protecting people from, you know, often their own thoughtless or negative or maybe self-centered behavior. So this isn't really just about loving generosity. This is about trying to maybe avoid conflict, trying to, uh, or feeling like you, it's your responsibility to take responsibility, you know, to, to manage everyone else's feelings and manage relationships that you're not in, you know, as opposed to letting people kind of figure things out themselves. So what I would look at, you know, and then, then there's another piece that I think you might be alluding to a little bit that some people get so much of their self-esteem needs by being loving and being generous that, you know, you, you wonder where the line is, right? And if, as long as you feel really good about giving that, is that ever a problem? And I would just encourage people to be really honest about themselves, of, of whether that's really true. You know, if it feels, if it still feels good, in particularly in relationships where maybe you aren't getting that kind of the sort of mirror neurons experience back, right? If you're pouring yourself into a relationship and you're you're not getting that kind of goodwill and loving generosity back because typically in a relationship, even one that has been really struggling, there's usually a cycle that happens, right? So someone gets activated, the other person withdraws that activates the first partner more than ever. They kind of go after the partner stronger, which causes the second partner to withdraw more, right? And so then we have these cycles. So certainly in most relationships, hopefully if you're you're dealing with you know generous people, I give more, you see that and feel so good that you give more. And there's this positive feedback loop that happens where it's, in a, you know, in a romantic or partnership, maybe it's that you just keep, it's this wonderful. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. 
Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero. .co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing and they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie, their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code I do at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code I do. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you you know, positive interaction that keeps being positive. And then of course, negative things happen because life happens. And then you discuss it in a calm way, but there's so much goodwill. There's so much money in the love bank, right? That 
it can withstand these pressures. And so I would just encourage people who maybe are listening to this and thinking, I'm just a loving, generous, generous person and I don't need anything back. And I'm put on this earth just to give, 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 give. Great. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, give yourself a little bit of a reality check that that's really okay for you and that you really feel like, um, that, you know, you're, that, that it's, it's actually working in your life or, or has it become maybe too self-sacrificing? And I just would encourage people to kind of check in, but certainly I think, I think actually when we feel like our needs are also being met and we feel like people respect us and love us and, and care about our happiness and care about our dreams and hopes for the future. Like when we give that and get that, we actually have more to give. We are more resilient in the cases where maybe someone else can't give back, right? We're able to hold boundaries better. And that's important too. I wouldn't say that being boundaried or speaking out for yourself is the opposite of generosity. I think that they work hand in hand. And the more we feel like we are, there's enough self-love there, as you said, the more we're able to give. So I, to me, shock absorbing and being loving and generous absolutely do not counter, you know, cancel each other out. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Thank you so much for, for diving into that, because, yeah, I think that line is an interesting and important place to examine. And as you said, to, to really check in and be honest with ourselves but also the beautiful side of giving ourselves, because that is a, a very vulnerable thing to do, to, to say, you know what, I'm going to, to give love with no expectation of something in return, whether that's love or your partner to do something. And, and that actually feels really good. But then checking in and going, you know, why exactly am I doing this? And is this good? And are my needs being met and if they're not communicating in a in a productive way with your partner not expecting them to to read our minds otherwise resentment builds and we're off down the road to relationship hell or or resentment and and everything in between mhm that's right i it's the unspoken resentment the expectation that someone will read your mind you know so that's just completely unfair and let in and yet sometimes I think we really find ourselves doing that and thinking that uh, by now she should understand this about me or he, you know, I shouldn't have to tell him that this is what I want. And that's, you're just getting in your own way, right? If you can just say, this is important to me, or this is what I'd like, or I have a request, right? That's, that's, that you're going to avoid a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of actual conflict just by getting it, getting out ahead of it. You know, the, um, one of my, my couple's mentor is, uh, the, the author Terry real, and he has a great, uh, a great line where he says, you know, we, we, instead of, you know, people would rather be angry later than speak up in advance. Right. And that unspoken expectations are, resentments formed in advance. And I, I love that idea because sometimes I think we feel like it's more vulnerable to say, 
I really want this. This is really important to me. And it would be so meaningful to me if this is something we could move forward on together. That is a beautiful thing. And you're really opening yourself up to your partner. Whereas, again, it's it's this kind of, he should know or she should have guessed. And then I'm going to collect evidence of why she's not or he's not paying attention to me. And then there'll be an explosion and it'll feel very unfair to the partner who, you know, didn't know or, or overlooked or, you know, and now feels like they they are paying the price for something that has blindsided them. So yeah, the reading, expecting people to read your minds is another thing we really have to guard against in ourselves. Well, Tonya, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think we covered a lot, a lot of great actionable tools for our listeners to implement. I know I took a lot of notes. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything that we skipped over or you want to emphasize, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, sure. Thanks. I just, I guess the last thing is that a lot of us in the shock absorber role almost don't know how else to operate. And things like learning to communicate our needs up front and being clear and 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 not being attacking even if we're angry. You know, we're not robots. So we're not going to have all of these conversations, you know, perfect perfectly. And we're not we're not going to be able to say it all perfectly. But as you said, the using I statements and speaking anything you're ruminating about, certainly anything you're complaining about to other people, these are signs you need to be talking to your partner, right? You need to be telling the person who needs to hear it. And just to practice a little bit, right? Maybe even writing something out before a difficult conversation and saying, I want you to read this and then we'll talk about it. These are, being a shock absorber is going to be very hard on you and it's going to be something you bring to every relationship and then often end up feeling taken advantage of and feeling like I don't want any relationship at all. And there's just ways to avoid that. There's concrete tactics. So I'll end with that. Um, I've been doing a lot on Instagram, actually, where I do these kind of four or five day, like one minute a day around a series. Um, this week, I'm, I'm talking about building understanding with your partner. And if people wanted to follow me there, it's Tonya Lester Psychotherapy. And uh, I try and post really regularly and, and hopefully it's useful content. And then also my website is tonyalester.com. So T-O-N-Y-A-L-E-S-T-E-R.com. And I'd, I'd love to see people on Instagram or if they wanted to speak about anything on my website. Oh, I'm sorry. I have one more thing. I have a, a blog on the Psychology Today website that's called Staying Sane Inside Insanity. So most of my, um, a lot of my writing shows up there. Excellent. Well, our listeners can find all those links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Very fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, 
We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.